Welcome to the Ignatius Press Podcast. I'm Mark Brumley. I hope you enjoy the discussion in this episode. For more information about Ignatius Press, check out our website at ignatius.com. This is Vivian Dutrow, Senior Editor with Ignatius Press, and I'm honored to be uh, hosting today Roseanne Sharp from Bethlehem Books. And Roseanne is going to tell us all about their marvelous books, chapter books for children. And Roseanne, tell us a little bit, what is the mission of Bethlehem Books? Well, our mission um, is to bring back children's literature from the golden age of children's literature, which is about from 1920 to 1960. There was just a very prolific outpouring of good children's books at that time. And we started discovering them back in the 70s and 80s. And then in the 90s, we began publishing them. We would find the authors, or if the authors were deceased, we would find their, their heirs, their right holder, rights holders, and we would um, bring them back for people. So we've always been on this mission to find good books. And because people were having trouble finding them, the ones that we recommended, we started to bring some back, the ones that we could. And many of these books and authors were very popular, award-winning yes. uh, uh, in, in their day, and yes. were, were featured in libraries, in the juvenile section of libraries and, and uh, school libraries. And so the fact that they fell out of popularity uh, or, or however you want to look at that, right. uh, they began to disappear, right? They did, yes. My mother was at the Portland State Library in Oregon, and she was trying to find The Mitchells by Hilda Van Stockham. And they said, we couldn't possibly keep that book in our library because the family has five children. Yeah. So that's, oh, good heavens. I know, children. that's where it went, you know? So it yeah. just they just started falling by the wayside because they were no longer acceptable but these were the books that were brought out by mainstream publishers these were secular publishers bringing out books by christians by catholics they're just good books right well written they had good ideas they came from a christian worldview because right. we don't quite realize how much things have changed in the past 50 years because right. there was so much just understanding that you know the ends did not justify the means that was just accepted that good triumphs over evil was accepted that um, virtue is a good positive thing which is necessary for adult life these things were just accepted and we just have sort of gone away from that in the last 50 70 100 years right so speaking of hilda von stockham uh she uh, was a very prolific author and an artist yes. a dutch woman from england and mm -hmm. your first book was by her right well, it was our third book. Oh, your third it, it book. Was, uh, yes, it was a picture book, but it's also a chapter book. Um, it's this one, Day on Skates. I don't know if you yes. can see that. And, and it's it was... um, beautifully illustrated, and it won yes. a Newbery Honor. Well, it was a runner-up to the Newbery Award, which had only started just about 10 years earlier than that. So 1922 was a very key year for children's literature. That's when uh, Mae Massey started editing for uh, Doubleday, and she started one of the first of three children's departments in, in America. Before that, it just didn't exist. And right. then this was written in 1935. And so it was given uh, a Newbery honor later because they didn't have the Newbery honor at that time, but it was just, uh, it was so well-written. Right. Wanted, Hilda Van Stockham wanted to actually have something for the artwork, but there wasn't a prize for children's book artwork until 1938. 
So she's oh, a little too early. Just, well, just we, the garbage truck just arrived. So if there's a uh, noise in the background, that's what it is. So okay. she, those illustrations, Rose, can you open up a page there gosh, and, yeah. and hold it close to the camera and, and be, to see her illustrations are absolutely charming. Look at that. It's set, the story is set in Holland. Yes, um, so she was born. She was born in Holland mm -hmm. and she lived in Canada. She lived in the United States and then she lived in England at the last part of her life. Right. Right. So. And uh, as you say, she was published by a secular publisher. Did you say it was Doubleday? This one, I think, was, I'm not sure which one this was. It wanted, She wanted it to be Viking, but Mae Massey wasn't in the office when her husband came by with the manuscript. So, oh. so Viking missed this one. But um, Viking did many of her others, right? Yes. 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 So Mae Massey on. got onto her and they worked together. So. Yes, for many fruitful years. So let's move on to some of those other titles. You mentioned the Mitchells. Yes. This is a chapter book for a little bit older children, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, I would. Um, although it's also a great read aloud for families of all yes. ages. Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, but we give a, an age recommendation on the back of all of our books. And it's also on our website. We say you know, ages 10 and up, but this would be enjoyed by ages four and up if it's read right. aloud. Right. And so that's the series, right? There's three books yeah, all together. Three books. So, yeah, second, third. And this is set during World War II and shortly thereafter. And this family uh, is very much involved in the war effort with... Uh, uh, in the United States. Yes, in the United yeah. States. Now, she had a book about World War II, two books about World War II set in Holland, right? Yes. That's The Winged Watchman. It's been one of our most popular books since we brought it back into print. It's just an incredible um, story and illustration of the Dutch resistance. Yes, very, that, very well oh, I love that book. And all my children love that book. And yes, the Dutch resistance, these people who heroically uh, harbored Jews, harbored uh, allied troops or forces, the down yeah. pilot and so on, all in their windmill, uh, <laughs> which is why it's called the Winged Watchman, right? That's correct. And, yes. uh, and, and the windmill, the windmills, I guess, in Holland actually did play a key role in the Dutch's resistance to the Nazi occupation, right? Yes, they did. They would set the wings at certain angles to, to send messages, message certain, certain things that were going on. And it's just such a beautiful good. image, isn't it? Winged watchmen, because, of course, winged watchmen are also what? Angels. Are angels. That's right. Yes, it's yeah. a beautiful book. It's, it's, it's very poignantly told. Yes. Uh, and then the other um, uh, series that you published by her, tell us about that. The um, Bantry Bay series. This is set in Ireland. She spent the latter half of her childhood in Ireland. And this was before she herself was Catholic. She became Catholic as an adult. But these books are very much Catholic Ireland. And she herself became Catholic. This is the second book. Um, but she herself became Catholic before writing the third book. So it's really, it's a neat part of her own history that's written into these stories. And anyone with any Irish heritage at all will love these books. Yes. They're, they're, they follow the, the adventures of a family, those three books she held up, uh, Cottage of Bantry Bay, Francie on the Run. Francie on the Run, yeah. uh, You know, they're just delightfully told the adventures of these children. And these are children, you know, with dirt floor houses and running around barefoot and mm -hmm. and uh, having all these adventures. 
it, they, they're wonderful, wonderful books. And yeah, by it's, entry it's, bays and County Cork, right? I any believe of, so. I any of you so. Irish uh, lovers out there are going to love these books. Yes. Okay, so let's um, move on to Kate Sarity. Now, I was introduced to Kate Sarity as a child. Didn't she write The Good Master? Yes. Yes, she did. That's one of our favorite books. It is now in print at this moment. So, But not by you, right? Not by us, by another publisher, but we're so excited because yes. all the publishers are going through their backlists right now and getting a lot of these old titles by these great authors back in print. So I hope well, you know what they them. have. They have you to thank, in part, for 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 blazing this trail, yes, uh, and and scripting and scraping to do it, and and so God bless you for blazing this trail because I think what's happening is the pendulum is turning a little bit now. People want wholesome, yes, uh, but but not sappy. But no, wholesome. no, no, no. We have trouble with sappy. We we don't like sappy. <laughs> no, no, no one likes sappy. Wholesome yeah. stories that that give people hope that, yes. that goodness is worth it. <laughs> exactly. And boy, do we need that right now today? We yes. do. And, you know, children naturally are inclined that way. So this simply gives them a world that it broadens their world in that and confirms that goodness is already there in them. That, really, that's a beautiful way to put it. And so Kate Sarity, uh, she wrote this book, The Good Master, which is set in Poland uh i loved it as a child and then you've brought out by her philomena yes so this is our our uh, edition of philomena it's also oh, it's set in hungary and it's about a girl from the country who goes to the city to work as a servant which was very much uh the time of her childhood and before that that was just accepted and it's a very very touching story it's just and it's interesting because we don't have anything like that today you know in america we never did so no, it's you know what? I, I might have misspoke. Maybe the good master also is set in Hungary. If I remember I, correctly, it's Magyar people. Mm -hmm. the, uh, in any case, set in, these are set in Eastern Europe. Yes. And do you have any others by her? We don't, no, but we like all of her books. So it, <laughs> we believe if you're looking for good books, you find authors that you like, and then you just look for their books everywhere. You know, the internet's made that so much easier, but at thrift stores and secondhand stores, you can still find these good books. So make a list and start right. And speaking on the internet, people can find you on the internet, right? Where, where can they find you? Uh, www.bethlehembooks.com. Okay, everybody, make a note of that. You, when you go to their website, you're just gonna be amazed at how many wonderful, you won't even be able to decide which ones it'll be. You'll, you'll want them all. So, um, well, let's move on to the author, uh, Maureen Daly. Now, this is an author I, I am not familiar with, but I remember when you brought out this small war of Sergeant Donkey, but I didn't yes. read it at the time. Yeah, there it is. Yes. Tell us it's about that. Cool. So this book is just a very simple story, but it's interesting because, again, it's World War II and it's in Italy. So it's when the Allies are working to fighting to take back Italy. So it's about a local boy and his donkey and his um, relationship with the American soldiers. So again, it's very simple, but it's just such a enjoyable read. It's unusual. I mean, we always right. say, if you wanna find out about a subject or about a time in history, get a good children's book because it's the most distilled, it's the most you know, well-written and concise book that you'll find. 
That's right. Now you publish a lot of historical fiction. Yes, we do. And I think on your website you even have it categorized for the for the historical period yes. that that story is set in, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do the timeline. So if you're studying a certain time in history, if you're homeschooling or if you're just interested or your children are studying at school, then you can find a historical fiction book which just brings that time alive. These are by authors yeah. who really did good research. They were very interested in history themselves, and they just bring a beautiful story, an interesting story to life. Well, that brings me to one of my favorite authors of yours, Alan French. Yes. Tell, my absolute favorite book, Rolf and the Viking Bow. Tell this us one's about, your absolute favorite? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love that story. Me too. Um, Oh my goodness. And and was that that was one of your early books, right? Yeah. This is our very first one. Yeah. Okay. And it's, that was uh, it was written in 1904. My, so. my boys loved that book. I think they reread it multiple times. It then led to a fascination with Vikings, which are kind of a rage right now. There's a Viking show in one of the on one of the um special channels, you know. Okay. And uh, and uh, but it led my sons to want to read the Viking sagas because yes. Alan French was one of these people who just really got into it, right? He did. He was a historian. That was his main work was writing histories, and he would just get so excited by the history he was studying that he'd have to take off his excitement in fiction. So that's where these books came from. Like the story of Rolf is set right at the year one thousand when the whole country of Iceland became Christian. And so you have that tension still between the old ways and the new Christian ways and how those tensions are going to get resolved in each individual. It's very interesting. That's just kind of in the background, but it makes yeah. the story, it brings this weight to the story, which just makes it very unique. Oh yes. It's a very poignant story. Mm -hmm. And, and this, this boy Rolf, it's really a coming of age story. You know, his, yeah. his kind of transition from uh, adolescence to manhood, the, the tests that he has to go through, the the hardships he has to endure in order to um, right a wrong, and and uh, oh my goodness, it's so good, it's so great. And he, Alan French, wrote other um, historical fiction too. Do you still have those in print? We do. We actually just brought them back just the last couple of years. Um, they're called The Red Keep and The Lost Baron, and both of them are set in me medieval times. And again, yeah. they're just, you know, they're if, especially if you have readers, you know, boys who like to read or boys who don't like to read, they really bring you in. And there's just uh, there's an authenticity there, which is not paralleled very often. Right. Uh, yes. The boys who like to read will gobble these books up. But the boys struggling to read, uh, I had both kinds. And, okay. uh, and so these books I read aloud and um, and, you know, the ones who couldn't read that well, well, they got to enjoy them just as much. And then when they could learn to read, they went back and read them on their own, read them on their own. Yeah. And, and what, you know, at that point about your timeline. So yeah. whether you're homeschooling or not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're studying a period of history, it helps children so much to have them read historical fiction set in that time at the same time they're studying a particular period, because yeah. it just makes it more real. This might seem ironic to read fiction to be to make things real, but that's in fact what fiction does, right, Rose? Isn't it that does. what good fiction does? That's what good fiction does. And the thing is, is that it allows um, the children or the reader to 
understand the mindset in a way that just reading facts will not. So I think, I think Maria Montessori famously said, uh, teaching just facts sows confusion, but teaching relationships sows understanding. Yes, that we would agree very much with that. And also with Charlotte Mason, who was a, an English educator in the late 1800s, early 1900s, she talks about living books and the living books is she means like where facts and like history, for instance, is set down as narrative. So in biography and in historical fiction and where good fiction is very well told and concise and contains ideas which feed the mind. Now, this is something which we've gotten a little bit away from because we focus more on emotion, but it's the ideas behind these books, behind these books that we've done and so many from this time period that really feed your mind, they ignite your imagination, they touch your heart, they just, they change the way you look at the world. Yes, and your place in it. Because right. even though this drama might be going on in someone else's life, now vicariously, you are experiencing that person's experience. And yeah. now your world and how you respond to it just got bigger or deeper or something, yeah. you know? Exactly. I, I lent this book to a, a monk, a Benedictine monk friend of mine. And, and after he read it, he said, you know, I find myself thinking about Rolf and when he was struggling at the moments when I'm struggling and kind of how Rolf handled it. It was like, it's helpful to think about that. And it was just, you know, so I, was, I tried not to say I told you so, but I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> so this, is, this is how the communion of saints works. And even though Rolf is, is, is not a historical person, Based, uh, Alan French was the man who wrote yes. was a real person, and so the communion that you're experiencing with really good books is with the author. Yes, and and now the author through his imagination and creating these other characters, there is a real communion going on with the true, the good, and the beautiful through yes. an artfully told story. So. Let's go, oh, Astrid Lindgren, everyone knows her. She's the Pippi author, right? She's the Pippi author, yes. We did another one of her books. <laughs> I know, tell us about it. Okay, this one's called Happy Times in Noisy Village. And it's actually a sequel to uh, Noisy Village. I think it's just called The Children of Noisy Village. And that's in print by another publisher. But this is one that we have the rights to and we just, we love these particular set of stories because they just bring, she can write from a child's perspective and pull it mm -hmm. off. I don't know how oh, she does yes. it, but I actually believe that a nine-year-old is telling this story. And it's just um, very fun, family-oriented story set in Sweden. She's a Swedish author. And I mean, I think the Pippi Longstocking books are still in print. I know yes. they are. Oh, yes, them. and they're yeah. very popular. I think there's been movies made and, and all sure. the rest. And, you know, so just so our viewers, if there are any out there, <laughs> know, um, you know, the Pippi books are very fantastical, right? Pippi right. Is, 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 but these children in Noisy Village, yeah. these are yeah, like real people, yeah. living family life, uh, having adventures, and, and it's a multi-generational family, which yeah. by the way is, is more and more becoming normative again, multi-generational families and how everyone is helping and loving and serving one another. But they're still kids, right? So they get That's into right. mischief and they get into conundrums and they're so charming. In fact, when you guys released Happy Times in Noisy Village and I read it, my kids loved it. Yep. I went out and found the children of Noisy Village, the prequel to this. 
Yes. And so that's what good books do, right? Like you said earlier, you find an author you like, and now you sort of follow that thread and you find what other, and maybe it's not published by you, but you know. It doesn't matter. Our whole goal has been to let people know that there are so many good books and yes. bring back the ones that we are able to, but there are so, there are just so many. It's just, it's unbelievable. Once you start, you won't believe how many you can find. Just from Astrid Lindgren herself, we have in the front of our book, you probably can't see it very well, but we have a list of a lot of the other titles she wrote. And we do that with almost all of our books. So our yes. books are an informational source that way as well. So that's really that's really helpful to the reader to be able to then see, well, what else did this author write? And, and can I still get that? Uh, once, especially once you find something children really, really like, you just want to keep feeding that fire uh, uh, as much as you can. Um, all right, Mariel Trevor. What a woman. What a woman. Yes. She wrote so many. She's an uh, English author. She's deceased now, but um, she was a convert to the faith. She wrote a lot about Cardinal Newman for ad adult books. She wrote adult historical fiction and children's historical fiction and just fiction, which is what this, this series, the Letzenstein Chronicles, are. They are based on her and a friend. They had a childhood, childhood make-believe worlds. They each had an island or a country, and then they would make up stories about the people in those countries. So that was the inspiration for this series. There's four books in it. We have them all as eBooks, and we're bringing them back as print books as well, and um, hopefully audio soon. But those are just make great audio books, just because there there's a lot of adventure and intrigue yeah. and going on in those stories. Uh, and what you mentioned her, her, uh, love of Cardinal Newman. I think she wrote a substantial biography of Cardinal Newman for adults. Yes, she did. And also on St. Philip Neri, who started the oratorians, which of course Cardinal Newman was part of. She was really a formidable intellect. I think she was educated at Cambridge or something like this. And, yeah. uh, and, and yet this lively imagination. You know, another book of hers, uh, because she's English, um, she wrote that one that goes through time. What's yes, Sun Slower, Sun Faster. We have that one as an ebook, and we've, we're just finishing the audio. So it's going to be on Audible and iTunes as an audio download, which I think will be fantastic because it does. It's a time travel. It's and a it time travel. Time. These two children travel back to different historical times. And that's a very cool book. And her Rose Round, do you yes. still have that in print? We're bringing it back. It's very interesting. Over the last three years, we've actually been bring, bringing back titles that we had at the beginning. Most, I mean, we've kept a lot of books in print, but some of them we've had to let go, but we've renewed contracts for the Rose Round, and that will be coming back. You know, I'm she, uh, one of her themes and it is, is sort of the, um, the wounded hero. Yes. Uh, uh, the person who, um, the wound in their life, whatever form that takes a physical infirmity or maybe an emotional, psychological infirmity, is the portal of grace in that person's life and is the means by which God works. And not just in that person's life, but somehow in the lives of others. She's really taken by this theme, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yes, the wounded hero and orphans. They show up well, in a lot of her books. <laughs> and Charles Dickens, obviously, the orphan. I mean, just about all his characters are orphaned. Uh, and but but you know, even though that seems like a 
okay, just the fact of life, some people are orphans, some people are disabled or whatever. Mm -hmm. These things have spiritual significance. Yes, they and do. And the authors who really have uh, a deep understanding of the human heart, mm -hmm. uh, they're moving on multiple levels here. Uh, yeah. and, and this is why reading, you know, all this emphasis on STEM education, look, I get it. You need math. You need, okay, everybody needs math. Everybody yeah. needs, okay, fine. But what feeds the soul and helps you learn what it means to be a human being mm -hmm. are the humanities. And That's among cool. those are the great books. And I would say what you're doing, Rose, at Bethlehem Books, giving great books to children is feeding the souls, hearts and minds and imaginations of children. Yes, that is why we're doing it. Because we love children. Children are intelligent. They're completely worth it. And I mean, each individual child is just hungry for the truth, hungry for truth and love together, which in these books, it comes in a completely accessible, non-threatening way. And we also have found that these books and other ones like them bring healing to adults as well. Yes. Because, yeah. The adults are going to love these books even more than the children because the adults have enough life experience mm -hmm. to to be able to be touched in ways that children who have not yet lived much life yet. You know, that's right. so true. You're healing adults, too. That's so beautiful. All right. One more author before we have to sign off. Eleanor Jewett. Tell okay. us about her. She um, is another English author. I don't know. I don't think she was Catholic. Uh, she was probably Anglican. And she wrote um, The Hidden Treasure of Glaston. And we have another book by her called Big John's Secret. And The Hidden Treasure of Glaston is also a Newbery honor. So mostly the Newbery Award books get kept in print. But often the Newbery honor books, especially from this time period in the golden age, get left behind. So we've picked up ones that we can. And this one is set in uh, medieval England. And it's a great monastery story. A boy gets a... Uh, um, it has to do around the time of the murder of St. Thomas Beckett and a boy gets taken to a monastery and she works in some of the legends of King Arthur, which around Glastonbury, that's where they said he was, you know, he lived or he, he fought there. Um, so that, that's very fun. So you really get both England and England's legendary uh, history in this story. It's just a very, um, very good, fun read. Yes. And again, so many of your books, Rose, uh, are really, uh, really appeal to, to boys. I mean, there's plenty of books out there for girls to read and girls enjoy these stories too. Mm -hmm. But I think in a way it's almost harder to find stories that boys will really engage with. And you have so many. Uh, in addition, what's that one about the um, the Vikings? Um, Bjorn the Proud? Pardon? Bjorn the Proud? Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that is one, that still in print? That one's in print, yes. It's yes. a great story because it's the Vikings um, hitting, literally, you know, ravaging a Catholic Ireland in the early, early Catholic Ireland. And it's it's a very, very good story. Yes, and these children, I think, are taken captives and, and so on. So as we said earlier, if you go to their website, www.bethlehem.com, you'll see all these stories um cataloged by time period and and you can see very easily how there are so many uh, adventuresome tales 
that boys will just love and girls love them too. But I think it's somehow, it's a little harder sometimes finding good reading material for boys that doesn't, on one hand, that appeals to their aspirations for manhood, but doesn't glorify um, uh, gore and I don't know. Uh, sure, it has nobility. A book's it has nobility. And not, not in an overt, like in your face way, but just built in, this is normal. Yes, nobility. What a beautiful word. Uh, that's exactly right. All of your stories, even the stories like Children of Noisy Village, which uh, are, are the antics of these young children, there is a nobility to everything you guys publish. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Dignity as well. That's dignity. the dignity of the human person is just assumed. That's right. Okay, so with three minutes left, Rose, are there any other authors you would like to mention? Well, I would like to mention, just because at this moment there are so many good books back in print, and hopefully we can include this down below in the description as well, but there are just other authors with other publishers. So we have hope to have a list of our, publish, our authors and other authors. So just a couple names to mention that are back in print to various places. Ingrid and Edgar Dallaire, they wrote oh, about- Oh, the they're the people who did all those mythology books. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful. Greek and, mythology, Norse mythology. And yeah. I think they also did biographies, right? Like George yes. Washington and- Yeah, picture, picture biographies. So they're fantastically accessible. They're, um, and they're large. They're large yeah. format books. They're beautifully yeah. illustrated. Yes, those are marvelous books. Thank you for mentioning them. What else? Yeah. Uh, Marguerite D'Angeli is another Oh, author. yes. The Door in the Wall. Yes, that's her Newbery Award book. Uh, Sydney Taylor, she wrote the All of a Kind Family series. It's about um, immigrants in uh, New York. Uh, let's see here. Leonard Wiberly, some of his children and grandchildren are bringing back some of his books. Uh, it's print on demand on Amazon. Didn't he uh, do a, like a sequel to Treasure Island? Yeah, he did. Flint's Island. We did yeah. that early on. I don't know if that one's in print right now. We don't have it anymore. Um, but we should ask them. We should ask the. Well, what a clever the idea, you know, to take a look at one of these stories. Treasure Island is just one of the best stories ever written. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what an idea to say, well, gee, what happened after that? You know, and for all of you people out there with children who are budding writers, that's a good project to give them. Ask, have, after they've read a book, ask them, what do you think could have happened next? Why don't you try to write that down? See where that takes you. Exactly. Yes. So uh, this is great. And by the way, for those of, those of you out there who might be curious, well, what's the relationship between Bethlehem Books and Ignatius Press? Well, Father Fessio, when, when, when Bethlehem Books was discovering this new passion to bring these books back into print, they met Father Fessio, who thought it was a great idea, and gave him a little boost. Isn't that right, Rose? That's correct, yes. We wouldn't be here without Ignatius Press. And, we're and, so Ignatius, and Ignatius Press is glad you're here. So with, you. that, with that happy thought, let's conclude and thank you so much, Rose, for joining me in this interview. I, I hope that many new uh, 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 followers will be gained uh, for your books because they're wonderful books. I can't recommend them enough. They played a huge role in, in my children's upbringing. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Ignatius Press 
We encourage you to check out our books and videos at your local Catholic bookstore or wherever else books and videos are sold. You can also sign up to receive special discounts on books and videos at ignatius.com. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like the podcast on the website or app from which you listen to it. And please tell your friends about it. I'm Mark Brumley, and on behalf of everyone at Ignatius Press, thanks for listening.